Hey, podcast listeners, this is episode number six with Adventure Health. Going to take a little different direction today. I actually have a patient on the line. Um, we'll keep her anonymous if she wants to say who she is. That's cool, too. But um, we're really looking to take things in a fun direction with these podcasts of just interviewing and talking about people with their experience with not only chiropractic, but a healthy lifestyle. So on the line today, I've got uh, a patient. She is somebody who's kind of new to the practice, but it's really cool that we have these kind of crossings in life with people that have a healthy lifestyle. And when you add chiropractic in, it kind of just accelerates almost like a catalyst of what they're already doing and makes it better. And so on the line today, we've got a young lady who has been with our practice for about a month or two. So say hello. Hello. So one of the things we want to talk about in the in the beginning of our podcast today is just kind of somebody's outside perspective on their first experience with chiropractic. So is it cool if I use your name? Is that all right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So Jennifer's on the line with us and Jennifer came in and she had kind of a unique situation day one. Um, I had a intern with me and so the intern was observing. And so here's Jennifer kind of her, her arms are crossed. She's like, I don't know about this chiropractic thing. I don't even know why I'm here, but in your experience, you'd kind of tried a few different things regarding your, your chief complaint. So do you want to talk a little bit about that for a moment? Sure. Sure. Yep. I had, I had tried several things. I uh, injured myself in uh, in a sport playing tennis on the tennis court. And I, uh, it w wasn't a traumatic injury, I'd say, but it certainly was a nuisance. And uh, it was some issue with my hip. And I had an MRI and I tried four different orthopedics. I tried a little bit of physical therapy. And the last orthopedic I went to wanted to give me an injection. And I just didn't really want any invasive treatment. So I started looking around for other means. And my husband is a huge proponent of chiropractic care. And I just never was. I, my parents didn't treat with chiropractors. Uh, my my f immediate family, I don't think, ever went to chiropractors that I can recall. So I just never really had a good taste for chiropractors, I guess. And I uh, decided to give it a shot because I really didn't want that injection. So I did a little research on the Internet. And I really wanted someone that would... Um, give me more of a, a whole well-being approach to my issues as opposed to just getting me in there and, you know, adjusting me and then sending me on my way. So I came across you and I came across your website and you were five minutes from my office. So it just worked out. So first visit was very informative and very thorough. And I was hooked. I got to say. And I will say my my hip is ninety five percent better. Love it. Who knew? It. Yeah. You know. Who knew? Exactly. Who knew until you try? And that and that's so cool. Open minded, and and I hear that from a lot of patients. Unfortunately, sometimes I'm the last resort, but it's a blessing in disguise that you you've kind of seen the alternatives. And and I'm totally with you. It was my experience with an ortho that. They wanted to perform surgery before they went through any other additional efforts, chiropractic, um, you know, just kind of outside the box thinking. And, and that's really cool that, you know, one, 
you had kind of just rolled the dice with chiropractic, but you looked into different uh, options. And I, I like that you did your homework with our office because you looked at other uh, colleagues of mine in the area, but it, it is, like you said, it's really about the whole body approach. And so when we get in there day one, we evaluate, we did some range of motion tests, muscle tests, things like that, but we were thorough. We took some x-rays and we really found the root cause of it. And it made sense. Would you agree? After we kind of went over all the information, like, okay, yeah, there's definitely something physical going on. It's not a series of chemical injections to fix a physical problem, right? Exactly. And that was the biggest su surprise to me was that you could actually align my body to fix this issue that I thought was more physical all along. And I guess it, I guess your alignment is physical, but I mean, I never, I never would have thought that just aligning my spine and my hips, would fix that problem because I, I thought I pulled a muscle when I did it. And so you think, you know, with a little rest and, you know, lay off the sport for a while that it'll get better. And when it didn't get better, then I start thinking I've really done something. And that's how I went the traditional Western medicine route of the MRI and seeing the orthopedics and the physical therapy and all of that. But I was pleasantly surprised. And the cool thing is you, you ruled out that, you know, um, it didn't require surgery. It wasn't torn. It wasn't uh, an injury to either, you know, the hip joint itself. It was more, and in, in terms of chiropractic, it was more of a subluxation. And that's the gray area. And I'm going to use that term because uh, doctors listening, whether they're orthos or chiros, understand that there's kind of this idea that if a, if a joint's not dislocated on an x-ray, they really don't understand what to do with it next. It's either PT injections or some medication to reduce inflammation in the muscle. And, and it's not a, it's not a muscle problem. It's a joint problem. And specifically for you, it was a, a it was a hip subluxation, but we also discovered there was lower back involved. Um, we've been adjusting your, your, your mid spine, your thoracic spine, because that's a compensatory problem. So um, back to your sport. So you play tennis, you're right-handed if I recall yep. correct. That's correct. So when you accelerate and decelerate, we talked about this in the last uh, podcast with Dr. Missy, who's not only an athletic trainer, but she's a chiropractor for professional hockey players. And it's, not, it's a different sport, but it's the same mechanism that you have a fast serve. But when you serve at the velocity that you do, you got to understand, too, the opposite uh, counterweight of hips have to balance that out. And not only that, but your body dissipates that that force throughout the entire spine. So if there's one thing I can say about the spine is 24 moving segments is designed to move and flex, but it's also designed to absorb force and stress. And that's where a lot of people would benefit in chiropractic and uh, chiropractic care regarding any sport is everything attaches to the spine and it doesn't matter the, the injury or mechanism of injury. I always seek out chiropractic care just to kind of rule it out. And you'd be surprised like with Jennifer, a lot of times it clears up within a few weeks or a month or so because we're addressing the root cause of it, not just injecting a chemical into the joint to reduce inflammation. And then here you are two weeks later and the problem comes back. But there's also a time and a place for that. Um, this is one thing that we jump into every episode is table side. Today I had a patient. I referred her out to our pain management doc because 
she has so much degeneration and she's been so aggressive with her spine, lifting, bending, twisting. She's been traveling a lot, sitting a lot, you know, a lot of uh, long car rides to the campgrounds and stuff she's doing. But she got a simple injection to reduce the inflammation and she adjusted amazing today because there was a need for both. And so I'm just kind of open on these podcasts of there's a time and a place. And, and I co-manage with PTs, orthos, neuros, all those guys. And I'm very open-minded, but chiropractic has to be a necessity because we address the root cause of it. And sometimes you have to kind of put the fire out before you can assess the damage. And that's where those come into play. But for you, it was too early to make that call. And I'm so glad that you got into chiropractic and your husband's absolutely right. And, and chiropractic is a natural alternative to helping these everyday, whether it's sports, everyday life, which I kind of look at our life as a sport, Jennifer. It's like you go to work every day. Sure. You, you play on the, the, the weeknights, the week, the weekends. And like we talked about in the previous podcast, like the weekend warriors, so many of us sit all week, Monday through Friday, and then we get out of the chair. We want to go, go, go like we're 25 again. The reality is we need to really spend time in recovery mode. So let's jump into that next. I think it's really important that we support the body through its needs nutritionally. And this is a cool conversation you and I had. So Absolutely. Jennifer opened up to me. She's mostly plant. I mean, I think you're 100% plant-based diet at this point. Is that right? Yes, I am whole food plant-based. That's what I tell people. No meat, dairy, eggs, or oil. Right. And so at your age, definitely look youthful. You're you're playing to your full potential. And these are things that people yep. kind of, as they age, they just kind of make excuses that yeah, it's just not, you know, at this age, I shouldn't be playing that much tennis or I shouldn't be playing that much golf or I shouldn't be running that much or cycling, whatever you're into. But I, I think you really hit the nail on the head. And this is really what we're going to dive into next is let's talk about kind of day-to-day real life scenario of somebody who's who's a vegetarian who's plant-based or whole food based diet you know what what is it that you mostly consume well i i eat the same things every day and i eat a pretty simple diet because you really don't need a whole lot of things in your diet i mean we we only need food to survive we don't need it for any other reason and society's kind of built this stigma around food where you, you know, you don't have a birthday without cake and you don't go socialize with your friends without having a meal, but we really don't need food but to survive. So I have really whittled down my diet and I eat the same thing every morning. I eat granola that I make and it has flaxseed in it for some omega-3 and it has blueberries on it. And then I don't eat lunch. And I eat uh, early afternoon, I might eat some like carrots and hummus or broccoli and hummus. And then later on in the afternoon, I might eat a few nuts or seeds. And then by the time I get home, I'm really not that hungry. So I, I settle on something really small, like a salad or something very, very small. And it just seems to work. And I'm really satisfied throughout the day. I, I just don't ever want anything. And that kind of leads me into metabolic programming in that you really, you won't crave these things, these bad foods like, you know, cakes and sugars and starches and breads. You won't crave that after a while because your body will get used to the way you eat, just like it gets used to you eating sugars and breads. 
it'll get used to you eating vegetables and beans and fruits and you won't ever crave those things again. I never crave sweets. Very, very rarely do I eat sugar um, or breads. I mean, I just don't crave those foods. So it's just, it's just a really good lifestyle. And I have to say that people my age, and I don't mind telling my age, I'm 57, and people my age that aren't on that lifestyle, especially people I play tennis with. One girl I play tennis with says she's always winded when she plays. And I, I might be winded for a second, but my recovery is very, very quick. And I attribute my recovery to how I eat. And I, I think it's the lifestyle that we are all designed to follow. I think, uh, and I, I the pendulum's swinging the other way, slowly but surely. Uh, I follow a lot of doctors online and on podcasts that uh, promote plant-based eating and are real advocates for plant-based eating. And, and I do, do think it's the way of the world. It's just slow to come around. You know, Burger King has just now started selling the Impossible Burger. And the Impossible Burger is made from a pea protein. And it, they're designing that for meat eaters to taste like meat, but it's not meat. So it does taste like a burger. And, of course, when you treat it like a burger with, you know, condiments and things like that, it does taste like a burger, you know, but it's not. So, you know, hopefully that will, that helps shift things in the right direction. Uh you know, I'm very hopeful that I can sway people to eat plant-based. I tell everybody everywhere I go, I take my food. I took cabbage on a plane one time. And that's still the big joke among my friends. <laughs> because, but it's, uh, but it did, it doesn't stink on the plane or anything like that. But it was just a great something to have on the plane. So it's still kind of a running joke that I take my food. <laughs> that's so cool that you travel with your food because. You know, people yeah. make excuses about like convenience and lifestyle, but I mean, man, there's so many talking points just now. So you and I talked about the China study where I learned about the whole yeah, food, uh, the whole study, food, right. plant, yeah, plant-based diet. They looked at and studied yep. and analyzed portions of the world that had lower risks of disease and cancer, things like that. And they yep. looked at the diet and lifestyle and it was, it was very different than what Western traditional like you said food has in this country become entertainment and not sustenance and a necessity exactly. and and you're absolutely right you know i i'm, I'm more of the paleo diet but i i kind of eat meat sparingly with i joke i'm i'm a part-time vegetarian lunch was definitely a vegetarian meal dinner a little bit of meat but like i try and alternate just because of my philosophy and and we can you know agree to disagree on that it doesn't matter but I try and get as many of those phytonutrients in as possible. So even though I might have a little bit of protein on my meal, four to six ounces, it's a tremendous amount of greens and veggies. And, you know, uh, lunch today was falafel, Greek salad, hummus, oh, veggies, and, and all that stuff. Yeah, me too. And you look at other cultures and, and the, the, the rates of disease is much lower than Western uh, culture where you eat. Uh, primarily like a high protein, high carb diet, but on the recovery absolutely. side, I mean, you're absolutely right. So I've switched um, my morning protein and my post-workout protein to plant-based. I'm going to plug standard process because they do a veggie complete. 
but it's all phytonutrients and pea, pumpkin, and I want to say like brown rice. So that's the protein base. And there's mm. so much protein in your veggies, people listening. You don't need to consume <laughs> massive amounts of steak and chicken. Um, no, fish, no. you got to be careful because fish is becoming farm-raised in a large degree where right. it's like a feedlot for these fish, kind of like chickens and cows where they're yep. just like, they're overstressing them, which we can talk about the hormonal effect there. Um, I mean, you put yourself in an elevator with 12 people when it's designed for 10, I mean, your stress level goes up. Imagine living in that lifestyle, your cortisol, all the other hormones, which by the way, you can't um, process that out. That's going to be produced in the meat. Um, right. You know, exactly. when you look at like pasteurizing milk and like clarifying and cleaning chicken, the, the hormones are still left inside the meat. So you're ingesting that. So just kind of FYI, when you're looking at like Purdue chicken and some of these other like mass produced chickens that are like half the price of organic and free range. But the reality is this, when we look at protein, we always consume it through animal sources, but plant sources are pretty pretty darn good there and and I'll tell you what going to that back to that veggie complete my day's better energy levels higher I don't feel bogged down I don't feel that bloated sensation of like a whey protein or like right. like a carnivore had a product that was like a like a red meat base like a beef based protein it was dehydrated and like turned in this like amazingly delicious chocolate um protein but like I would drink it and I would feel like lethargic for uh, an hour or two. And I was like, man, this, this really sucks. So um, I think veggies the way to go when it comes to recovery. So I'm going to kind of dive into something this little personal and I like to get this uh, transparent. Um, <laughs> so I was out this weekend and I was walking around and I walked excessive miles. Like I think it was like eight miles in flip flops and when I got to the airport Monday or Sunday, I was flying back from Detroit to Atlanta, like walking through the airport, like my foot, my left foot was throbbing. I was like, this is not good. So I get to the uh, office on Monday morning. I shoot an x-ray. I've got a stress fracture in my left foot and my fifth metatarsal. So I called my chiropractor. We came up with a game plan. Nutrition, we're going to add the calcium, the magnesium, all those things that are necessary. But I, I honestly had this like kind of realization. I'm like, I'm going to go plant-based exclusively for the next like six to 12 weeks because of the phytonutrients. I mean, you're getting so much calcium and magnesium from all the plants and none of that comes from animal proteins. So when people look at no. that a moment ago, when people are looking at food, they're just looking at it for like caloric intake. They're not looking at it for the nutrient density. And I think it's so important that we get as much out of our food as possible. And pound for pound, spinach, <laughs> kale, arugula, mm -hmm. those greens. I mean, you said you eat salad every day, right? Yeah, virtually every day I eat a salad. What kind of greens? Even do if you it's eat? just a little bit. I love kale. Today I had a wrap. I was traveling for work, so I had a wrap, and it was basically a salad, but I had a wrap around it, and I put hummus on the wrap. It was a whole wheat wrap uh, with hummus and then I had some kale a little bit of cabbage some tomatoes some basil that I grow in my garden a few little uh, pumpkin seeds a little bit of garlic 
is delicious. So good. There's a wrap on the market. It's made out of sweet potatoes. It's gluten-free. Oh. It's vegan. It's it's amazing. It's that It doesn't taste like sweet amazing. potatoes, but it's got, like, when you look at the protein content on that, like, specific wrap, it's way higher than you'd think. I don't have one in the fridge, but I think it's, like, six or seven grams of protein in just the wrap itself. And, and people are like, high-protein diet. Yeah, I've done that shit. And I'll be honest with you, <laughs> gout sucks. And when gout yeah, hits does. you, oh my God, I could not walk for a week. It was ridiculous. Right. And and it was it was a combination of a high protein diet, post workout protein, pre workout whatever aminos, steak, and then it was a few beers. And I was like, okay, the steak and beers, you know, that's kind of a normal weekend. <laughs> But I was looking at it. Yeah. My, my, my podiatrist was like, "No, no, no. You're you're way too high on the on the protein uh, factor." And so one one week of that, I have definitely changed my tune to a lower protein diet and essentially more plant based. I mean, and again, yeah, we we don't we don't need a lot of protein. I mean, we no. there is. I mean, you don't know anyone that has a protein deficiency. And I'm sure everybody listening probably can't name anyone they know that has a protein deficiency. It just doesn't exist. There's probably somebody out there who, I don't know, eats cardboard for a living or something. They might have one. But it, a plant-based eater will not have a protein deficiency ever. I mean, exactly. I eat beans for some protein and vegetables, like you said. but and And that's the misconception. It's not just the animal source uh a friend of mine who's a naturopath she's a, a vegetarian and you know when we choose meals and, and and go out to eat she's always looking at you know the the healthiest plant-based source of protein whether in and, and tofu has a time and a place and i know a lot of people don't like it does that but in small moderations i agree i think fermented foods in every culture have a time and a place and I wouldn't necessarily eat tofu in every meal, but I mean, it's a good source of protein. When you look at the the China study back to that kind of circling back to the the original yeah. conversation. When they looked at the numbers, it was pretty obvious. I mean, you're looking at low to no disease rates in certain cultures as protein decreased. And so the numbers of that, the observations, like I mentioned initially, I'm an observationist where you can talk science all day, but results never lie and when you can discover pockets of the the world where people have lower disease rates and genetically have like kind of a predisposition to higher cancer and heart disease but yet they're not expressing yeah. that we can agree it's it's lifestyle and, and and primarily diet i mean that's the biggest thing oh yeah and i'll i'll for those listening who don't know what the china study is it was a study done by a doctor um, years ago, decades ago, T in T China, Campbell. of course. So, by the way, <laughs> right? T. T. Colin and, Campbell is one of the smartest nutritionists on the planet. He's like in his late seventies, yeah. and he still yeah, lectures. But when you look at this guy, he's fit, he's healthy, and he's knowledgeable yeah. about what he's talking about. And you're talking about the largest yeah. compilation study of over six thousand people, um, yeah. or more. I think it was even more than that. But I mean, they just looked at people yeah. with the same genetic background but different, uh, living different lifestyles from one village to the next. Some were higher meat consumers, but also too, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's other variables you can't measure, stress, purpose in life, 
Um, you know, none of these people were mentioned whether they're getting chiropractic or not, and I'm going to kind of throw that in there because I know I've got some patients <laughs> that when they get chiropractic, they express a higher potential. You digest better, absorb more things like that. Your nervous system functions and controls sure. healing and healing and repair. So, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, these these studies are out there. The science is there. And even if, and, and I'm kind of just jumping this direction, even if you don't want to be a full-time vegetarian, that's cool with me. I, I love the idea of being part-time. Um, I pick a few days a week and a few meals throughout the week. Like I just mentioned lunch today, I try and do like four or five meals a week that are completely meatless. So I eat three meals a day. That's 21 a week. If I'm like meatless, a third of those, I'm pretty happy. And my body gets a, a rest and it gets the ability to kind of just go back to just plant-based diet, which I mean, and not to get too much information, but when you're plant-based, I mean, your your bowels move regularly, you're you're just feeling better, you're less lethargic after a meal. I mean yep. who, everything. Who, who, te who tells you after a salad they're like they go into like a food coma, like after Thanksgiving, you eat like six <laughs> pounds of turkey and you're like, Oh, I can't move. Never felt right. that way after a so, Never. I never have but, indigestion problems. Never have stomach problems. Um, I recover quickly. Um, I Once in a while, I do eat a piece of fish, but it's very rare. And as long as your foundation is plant-based, then you can certainly eat those things in between if you want to. Um, but I definitely try to stick to the plant-based. It's, it's certainly the way to go. I, I just believe it's the way everybody should eat. Yeah, no, I agree. The human human genetic uh, requirement, and this is kind of the way a colleague of mine puts it, you don't have to tell a koala bear what to eat. A koala bear is going to eat what a koala bear eats. A panda is going right. to eat what a panda eats. A giraffe eats what – but you know what's funny? Um, let's dive in this for a second. So a lot of large animals on the planet outside of human beings, and I don't mean yep. like large humans like fat, obese, um, they're herbivores. and that's right. Just let that hit your brain right. for a second. Some of the strongest, big, yes, some of the strongest, biggest animals on the planet are herbivores. Yep. So yeah. tell, tell I, me, they need to eat a bunch of like smaller animals or fish or anything like that. I say the same thing about cow's milk. Cow's milk is breast milk for a baby calf. It's nothing else. That's all it is. It's breast milk for a baby cat. A cow cannot produce milk unless it's lactating, just the same way a female can't produce milk for a baby unless they've been pregnant and given birth and are lactating. And it's it's the same way. So I, I ironically have never been a milk lover. I've never wanted to just drink a glass of milk. So I ate milk with cereal, but I never wanted to just drink a glass of milk. So it was kind of easy for me to give up dairy honestly, but, um, and I never really liked cheese, I guess. So that was kind of easy for me because cheese is a downfall for a lot of people. But, um, but dairy is, I tell people, if you, if you give up anything, give up red meat and dairy. Those are the two things you should give up. So or none. no red meat, cow, no dairy. Cow's milk is for baby cows and baby <laughs> cows get to be, they get to be, mm, I don't know, eight, nine hundred pounds, twelve hundred pounds right. within a year or two. So imagine yep. the hormones involved in that process. By the way, listeners, you cannot pasteurize hormones out of your milk. 
So your kids, I've got uh, kind of a real deal scenario here. My uncle and his nephews, they overconsume dairy, like to the point where oh. I'll, I'll have milk with every meal. He's like six six. His kids are like fifteen. And they're like almost six foot tall. It's just it 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 accelerates the growth rate in the human body because it's artificial hormones that you just can't process out. So why not? just stick with the body's intended and that's water and natural juices. And I like to juice. Do you um, do any like green juices or smoothies or anything? No, I'm not a fan of juicing, not because I'm against it. It's just not what I choose to do. I really like my granola in the morning. So it just really sticks with me for a long time. And it's just my thing, but I'm not against juicing. And I think it's great if that's how you want to get your greens and, you know, a little bit of fruit, and I think it's great for people to juice. Um, there's a documentary called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, and that's basically what the man does in the video in or the documentary. He juices, and that's how he loses all kinds of weight. And so I, I think it's a good thing if that, as opposed to drinking cow's milk and eating honey buns for breakfast, juice away. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much in the juicing process, but you also lose fiber. So I think the, the modern version is the Vitamix, getting everything kind of yes. emulsified into the fiber and all those phytonutrients. So one of my um, kind of uh, colleagues I look up to, Jack Lane, he was big on the juice tiger. Yep. He, was, he wasn't a vegetarian, but he only ate eggs and fish. But this is back in the day was no farm raised. So I think we can kind of agree that farm um, wild caught fish, farm raised eggs yeah. is definitely a better alternative. Um, so like two, two, three weeks ago, we had a patient come back from Alaska. She brought me fillets of salmon from Alaska. Jennifer, this was amazing. Like this was the reddest salmon you've ever seen. And I had it like, <laughs> I, I had it cooked rare. It was amazing. Like, it was ridiculous, completely different than farm raised. They actually dye farm raised salmon now to make it look real because it's really not real right. fish. It's a, it's, a, it's a fish that's mm -hmm. raised in a very stressful environment. They feed it corn and soy. Um, simple logic. When does a fish in nature, especially salmon, encounter corn and soy? It doesn't. And right. so it fattens it up just like the uh, finishing process of cows. It's getting them fat and it's getting them to market so they can make more money. But the reality is when you look at calories, they're not all equal. And, and I know this podcast kind of went in the direction of nutrition, but what I want to impress upon people is don't just worry about how many calories are in a meal. Worry about what's on the plate as far as the nutrients, the density of those nutrients, and, and more plants than animals. I think you can't go wrong. I mean, even if you're still eating meat, which is cool with me because I do, um, but most sure. of my plate is is veggies. And, and so fruit has been left out of this conversation because fruit is high sugar. And fruit is like days you work out. It's days you're like you're looking for more energy. And I think fruit is over abused. I mean, if you're eating grapes with every meal, apples with every meal, I mean, just the, the high sugar content 
you spike your blood sugar, like you talked about, you're not hungry in the mornings, it's because you're dealing with a, a nice um, balanced blood sugar response. Whereas Absolutely. donuts and coffee spike your blood sugar. Guess what? When you spike your blood sugar at 7, 7 a.m., the rest of the day, your body's looking to get back to that level. So your first meal of the day is really going to determine how you crave foods the rest of the day. So what I would recommend is something that's low glycemic, something your body can process easily, and just don't abuse sugar and um, high carbs in the morning. If you're going to do it, do it after a workout. Like my high, my high carb meals are after I've just expelled seven or 800 calories in, uh, in the lunchtime workout. And that's where I need it because I'm like completely deficient where you're, you're wiped out. I mean, you can agree after tennis, playing a few matches, yeah. I mean, aren't you tired? That's when you need some carbs. That's right. That's right. But good carbs. I like my good carbs and you of can get course. carbs in fruit. So yeah, and, I don't. And fruit, fruit is a good carb. I'm not trying to, to bad mouth carbs sure. and, 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 and the fruit source. I just mean people that are like over consuming fruit. Oh yeah. When it's not necessary and they're very sedentary and it gets to be a point where like, I can't lose weight. I'm like, well shit, do you need to eat a pound of grapes? I mean, <laughs> three oranges, a pound of grapes, like, but it's fruit. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't yeah, really done right. anything. If you're a Fitbit's reading 700 calories for the day, you got to recognize and, 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 and deal with it. And, and, and dial in your nutrition appropriately. So I think meal prepping is important. Do you meal prep at all, Jennifer? Uh, yes and no, but I don't really need to. I do make my granola so that I do prep that. But um, but because I don't really eat a lunch, I don't need to take a lunch with me to work. But I do have, you know, I, I have my hummus and my carrots and my broccoli. And then uh, so I the only meal prep I need to do really is if I travel because I do take my food everywhere I go. So I do have to travel. I do have to meal prep that. And I try to stay focused on, you know, if I'm traveling by car, it's a lot easier. But if I travel in a plane, uh, I have to think about flying and checking my luggage and things like that. And I, <laughs> I've done some really crazy things. So, cause when I went to Vegas, I brought with me in my suitcase, I brought a bag of those little tangelos. I brought a loaf of bread and I bought some little almond butter packets and some Ziploc bags because I knew we were going to take like some day trips. So I packed with me an almond, uh, peanut, an almond butter sandwich and a little tangelo and I had my lunch. So it didn't matter where we stopped or what everybody else was eating. I had my food and it's a little, it's a little, uh, I don't like to say it's a, an obsession. I like to call it more passion than anything but i i really believe that food is medicine and it's just part of that whole body it is that whole body and that whole well-being and that's the chiropractic fits into all of that and that's why i really like coming to you because you were all into that and and you really appreciate that whole body well-being package and i just really believe it so I hope I live to be 120. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm on the 100-year plan too, but you, you hit the nail on the head. Food is thy medicine, according to Hippocrates. Yes. We need to look to nature for the best source of medicine and healing. 
when you're looking for medications, and this is to our listeners, it is nothing more than a synthetic form of an herb, a vitamin, or a phytonutrient that they can patent. And Big Pharma is going to come after me for this, so if I don't uh, show up at the office on Monday, <laughs> you know why. Because um, I'm exposing the real truth of their bullshit. It's this. They found out what works, and they do a synthetic form. When you use synthetic form, your body recognizes it as a non-real source. It takes extra steps in the physiology process to turn it into nature, so that robs your body of nutrients. And so when we're talking about whole food, plant-based diet, you're going to think we're crazy, but here's the challenge to all you listeners. Try it for 30 days. 90 yep. days, six months. If you don't see a difference in six months, email me at ihealth at hotmail.com and tell me, and I'll send you a check for $50 that living <laughs> every day at a whole food plant-based diet hasn't changed or improved your health. And if you see a chiropractor, it accelerates the program. But the reality is this, people aren't willing to be patient enough, take the steps, go through the process, they just want a quick fix. You know, we're used to going through the drive-thru and it's like 30 seconds. I get a happy meal. My kids are happy and I got a Big Mac and fries and I've got, you know, 1,200 calories in one sitting. That's not food. Food. And, and you mentioned the Whopper. I get it. I love it that they're going to plant-based, but it's still processed. I mean, if you made a salad at home and tried to eat, like phytonutrients and whole food and plant-based diet, you would feel full in the same extent that you would if you ate like other food, but it'd be longer. I mean, I'm with you. Yep. Like I forgot to eat on Sunday an entire day. I flew from Detroit to Atlanta, got through the airport, sat at the bar watching TV. Cause there was like nothing else open. She's like, Hey, you want some food? I'm like, I'm not really not hungry. Landed. You want some food? I'm not really not hungry. Got home. I went to bed and I was like, damn, I forgot to eat because <laughs> of the nutrient content in my in my life. I take supplements and we'll dive into that with Dr. Bacon. But the reality is the, the foods you eat are fuel for your life. They're phytonutrients for your health. Yeah. There's minerals yeah. and vitamins that are going to fire up your immune system. Jennifer, I haven't only known you for a little while. You seem healthy. You don't seem like a sick person. Um, you're Never. active at your age. At your age, you're outperforming people. And I'm just going to kind of step aside. I had a 49-year-old patient today. She came in the office. You look 10 years younger than her. Oh, and wow. she <laughs> awesome. looks so old and weathered because she's not living that lifestyle. I mean... I mean, even in her description of her history, she's on like a bunch of meds. You just tell she's just not a healthy individual. But the way you live determines how you feel and how you look. So if you're in it for vanity, cool. We can talk. We can give you some some recipes for, for better health. But if you want to live a good quality life, incorporate chiropractic, nutrition, activity, I mean, and that's another thing that uh, we talked about with you is you're always active. I mean, you have the energy and the resources to get out there and get moving. 
if you just sit around, I mean, your body's not getting healthier. Let's be honest. I mean, that's just not a good recipe nope. for success. So no, and you have to keep moving as you get older. You have to keep moving because if you don't, if you stop, then you may not get moving again. So you really have to keep moving. But I do believe that movement, is, like you said, just the movement, the whole chiropractic alignment, the nutrition component, all of that is it's just one nice package to live a great life for as long as you can, as long as you can. And I hope I do. Exactly. And we are not in control of that. God is. He's got the date. He's got the time on the calendar. He's stamped it already. You and I are just living the best we can with what we got. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's, it's like playing poker and you stack you stack the deck, stack your hand, however you want to look at it. I want the best cards for the best hand possible. And yeah, I might still lose the hand, but I've done the best I can with what I've got. And so with Advance Your Health, we're trying to do just that. We're trying to give you conversations and opportunities to learn more so that you can take and implement some of these um, real life scenarios, whether you're a patient, whether you're a doctor. Um, I don't want to just interview doctors. I think it's boring after a while because it's just like we're talking down to people. <laughs> Whereas the conversation with you is real because you're not only a patient, but you're just somebody who's enjoying life. You figured it out on your own that life is better with this than with that. And chiropractic just kind of like bumped you up a notch. And that's cool too Absolutely. because I appreciate that. And that and that speaks um, volumes to chiropractic, not to me because I'm just the messenger. I'm not really just the only chiropractor out there. But, I mean, for those listening, get to your chiropractor. Start looking at healthier eating, whether you do plant-based, part-time plant-based, whatever it is you're into. Just bring in more whole foods in your diet and I think you'll be happy. So for our listeners out there, I appreciate you. Um, this is really why I show up every day into the office. It's to just bring up conversations in the office table side. Now we're doing podcasts, we're doing adventure health so we can get out to more people. If you heard something and you want to share it with a friend, I appreciate that. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate sure. it. And uh, it's sure. been a learning lesson for me. And uh, I love to learn. I love to hear from people. But thank you for your, your kind feedback on your care, your experience with our sure. office. Thanks for having me. Overall, thank you for, uh, for just everything you do. So listen, for those listening, one step at a time. Take it easy. Don't try and overwhelm yourself with changing everything overnight. And uh, just keep on, keep it on. So... Thanks again. Oh, and I will be with you when the darkest winter comes. Oh, and I will be.